This episode of Stroke of Genius is sponsored by Worldwide IP Solutions. Worldwide IP Solutions will globally safeguard your intellectual property rights and help them flourish in a competitive marketplace. Visit WorldwideIPSolutions.com to learn more. Welcome to Stroke of Genius, a show exploring inventions, the inventors behind them, and the role intellectual property plays in dreams becoming reality. We decided to go after a design patent so that someone else couldn't just rip off the design and make it with cheap materials and have it really not be a useful resource for kids. I'm your host, Andrea Madho. I'm a startup founder, a CEO, and co-inventor with Patent Pending Technology. On this episode, we're talking with an inventor whose work has made a positive impact on the lives of children all over the world. Hi, my name is Kenton Lee, and I'm the founder of Because International. Because International was founded to support a dream inspired by a small, meaningful observation in Kenya. Today, his foundation has a global reach, but growing up, Kenton Lee's experience of the world was fairly narrow. I literally did not know what humidity was until college. Like we never traveled anywhere besides kind of out West. And I was shocked. Like I was shocked that people lived that way. I just, I didn't didn't understand why I was getting so sweaty right as I stepped outside the, the house. Like it was just unbelievable. He grew up in Nampa, a small town in Idaho, about 20 miles west of Boise. Kenton is a loyal resident who loves talking about the town he's called home for most of his life. Nampa is actually known for kind of a bad smell that comes from our sugar beet factory, which we're proud of. That factory brings lots of jobs. It smells a little bit bad, almost like old vegetables, kind of. Just just a hint. I love the smell. It really smells like like home to me. So I, it's, uh, it's just my, my kind of smell, my kind of town. The fact that he can so fondly describe a rotten smell tells you a lot about Kenton. He is fun and kind, but these are not necessarily the primary traits we associate with entrepreneurial inventors, and no one is more shocked by where he is today than Kenton himself. I would have never thought that I'd be doing anything in the product, innovation, social enterprise, entrepreneurship. None of those words were in my vocabulary or any of my daydreams at all. As a kid, I always saw business or entrepreneurship, you know, making a product and trying to sell it. I always saw those as like negative things and things that weren't very fun. So what did motivate a young, small-town guy who had barely experienced humidity to drop everything and leave behind his beloved Nampa for Kenya? The real reason I traveled to Kenya after college was that a a girl broke up with me, and I got really sad and uh, really mad, and I didn't even want to be in the same country as her. And so when this girl broke up with me, it really just kind of flipped a switch for me. And I said, okay, that's it. I'm going to travel. I'm going to see if I can be a missionary. I'm going to just get out of Dodge. I'm out of here. And so I first went to Ecuador for six months. And then I lived in Kenya for six months. And uh, it was my time in Kenya that had such a life-changing impact on me uh, as I got to live and volunteer and work at a small orphanage uh, right outside of Nairobi, Kenya. Heartache had brought him to this small orphanage in Nairobi, Kenya, but he tried to fill the time with purpose. He thought it could be an opportunity to learn about extreme poverty, HIV, AIDS, and other issues in Africa. But in the midst of exploring these broad problems, he missed the fact that he was surrounded by people, 
a community. But then when I lived, really like lived right there with these amazing kids at this small orphanage, these kids went from kind of a project to me to like my friends. And then it almost became simple. It was like, oh, what could I do to help my friends? And that was by far the most impactful thing that happened to me in Kenya and something I've tried to continue even as I've moved back here to Idaho. How can I get to know people? How can I build friendships? It's not an assignment. It's not just a job. I'm trying to help my friends. And I think they would do the same for me. And we're all in this together and let's just help each other. So that, that whole mentality really started at that small orphanage in Nairobi, Kenya. The aha moment is often mythologized in inventor narratives as an event that happens in a vacuum. It's a moment experienced alone by an individual who is uniquely brilliant enough to observe something that all others miss. But for Kenton, his idea was walking alongside him for quite some time before he noticed. His aha moment was not the result of his own perspective, but his ability to empathetically consider someone else's I, so I'm a, actually a little embarrassed about how I first became aware of uh, the issues that the kids at the orphanage had with shoes um, because I didn't notice it right away. I, I was kind of in an American mindset and I, I really didn't even notice it. But it was probably a few weeks into my time there and uh, we were all actually walking to church one day. And so there's about 100 kids walking with me down this dusty road. It was a really hot day. The sun was high up in the sky, I remember. And as we're walking, there's this little girl next to me. She's probably eight or nine years old. And I'll never forget, she was wearing this beautiful white dress. And as we're walking, I looked down and I was absolutely shocked at how small her shoes were. And I had not, I had not at all noticed it before. But as I looked down, I just could not believe that she was wearing shoes that were so small for her feet, noticeably, like they were just way too small. And they were so small, she had to cut open the front to let her toes stick out. And then it kind of opened my eyes and I, I looked around and there were, I mean, so many of the kids had on shoes that were just noticeably too small. Uh, a lot of the kids had on shoes that, that kind of fit pretty good. And then a lot of kids had no shoes. And so that walk to church that day really opened my eyes to this issue. And then later that day, I was able to ask the director of the orphanage why so many kids had shoes that didn't fit. And he told me that they'd received a shipment of donated clothes and shoes and things, like a really great donation more than a year before, but they had not received any more donations since then. And they were a very poor orphanage. They barely had enough money for food. And so he said, you know, they're kids, like their feet are always growing. So they just have to do the best with what they have. And so often they would trade with each other if they could help each other out. You know, they'd trade a pair so it would fit somebody else. But essentially, they just had to do the best with what they had. And so often they would not wear any shoes or they would cut open the front to let their toes stick out so they could try to keep wearing it. But it was literally in that moment, talking to him, that I just thought in my head, what if there was a pair of shoes that could adjust and expand their size? What if there was a pair of shoes that could grow? It seems like that might make sense for these kids. And that's where the idea for the shoe that grows came from. If you've always had shoes, they may seem like insubstantial accessories, but access to reliable footwear is invaluable. But I, I didn't realize how big a deal it was until I lived there for, for a few months and I saw it firsthand. Uh, for many kids and families, uh, unfortunately, they live in areas that don't have um, proper sanitation, uh, don't have you know clean water, there's trash and, and debris and all kinds of stuff around them. And it's really just not, not a clean and safe place to live. 
especially when you don't have shoes. There's a statistic that there's over 1.5 billion, uh, with a B, over 1.5 billion people that have some kind of soil transmitted disease. And that's because they unfortunately just live in these areas that that lack that sanitation and, and cleanliness. And so for kids who walk around barefoot, if they get a cut or a scrape on their foot, now their body is open to diseases and bad things getting into their body through their feet. So first and foremost, shoes help protect against disease. I was really surprised to, to learn that in some areas, uh, culturally, they require school uniforms for, for public schools. and that shoes are often a mandatory part of that school uniform. So if you don't have shoes, sometimes you're not able to go to school. And much less, you know, some of these kids have to walk really long distances to go to school or to help their families. And so if you don't have shoes, that makes that extremely difficult. And on top of it all, probably the biggest thing that I saw uh, and, and have learned these past few years, kids around the world are just like any other kid. They like having a good pair of shoes. It makes them feel good. It adds to their confidence and their happiness. And so for us, it's those reasons why we are passionate about getting the shoe that grows to as many kids as we can. It's health, education, and the confidence that comes from having a good pair of shoes. We've said it before, but it's worth repeating. For many inventors, the race from idea to reality is a marathon, not a sprint. The whole journey from idea to when we had our first batch of 3,000 pairs um, took six years. So from when I first had the idea that day, talking to the orphanage director in, in Kenya, to when I had the first real batch, like we finally did it, we made the shoes, um, that took six years. Uh, and it was a journey full of failures and uh, ineptitude on on my part. Um, I had no idea what I was doing. I had never made anything before, really, like any product, but especially I had no idea uh, anything about shoes or the shoe industry. And uh, so my friends and I, we tried to make a prototype ourselves uh, out in the garage. We, we bought a bunch of shoes at a thrift store and cut them up and we're trying to glue them together. And, and if, you ever, if you ever come to Nampa, Idaho, come over to our office. Uh, we have the world's worst shoe prototype. Always the optimist. Kenton sees the value in all of those terrible prototypes. Every unsuccessful pair represents a meaningful step in the design process. You have to start somewhere. And so we, we did. We kind of took a, a kernel of a decent idea from those terrible shoes. You know, it made it to the next round and then another kernel made it to the next round. And in our office, we have the whole evolution of our shoes from 10 years ago now to when we kind of first got started. Uh, to where we are today. And it's unbelievable if you look at the very first prototypes versus our shoes today. It's, I mean, it's night and day. But if you look at each step, you can kind of see the evolution of, of how it went. And you really do. You have to start somewhere. After six years of trial and error, what did they come up with? We asked Kenton to describe the final product. The shoe that grows uh, looks like a hybrid between a shoe and a sandal. It can actually grow in three different places, but the real secret sauce for the shoe actually comes in the bottom. So we have a design patent on the bottom of our shoes, 
And it's really very, very simple. The bottom of the shoe looks like any other bottom of a shoe, except that all along the edge, there are these ridges which allow the shoe soles to unfold. So as the foot just naturally grows, they'd never adjust the bottom, but the bottom of the shoe just naturally unfolds and continues to fit their foot. Our shoes can grow five sizes. They're extremely durable and they can last for years. So it's it's a great, great pair of shoes for kids in warm weather places. Uh, and it really does make a big difference. After years of developing and perfecting the shoe that grows, Kenton and his team decided to pursue a design patent. Unlike a utility patent, which protects the way something works, these patents protect the ornamental design of a functional product. In other words, Kenton and his team didn't invent shoes. They invented this particular shoe, and they wanted to protect the underlying design for several important reasons. We decided to go after a, a, a design patent, partly because we're really proud of our work. We really thought it was something unique, and as we um, started to make it, uh, we had people in the shoe industry and encouraging us to patent it and and you know see if that was available. But you know, part of it too, we really believe in our ability to make the shoes. And not that we don't want someone else to. I mean, in theory, if there are more growing shoes in the world that kids are wearing, that's that's not a bad thing. But for us, we we really worry about the quality of of shoes that are out there. We could make a cheaper shoe. Um, we could make a lot cheaper shoe if we wanted to, but we really put the um, our, our investment, our, our money into making the shoes with top quality materials. And we don't want a kid to be given a pair of growing shoes made by somebody else and that they don't last at all, you know? And so we really wanted to kind of control the quality of our design and our and, and, and of our shoes. And so that was another reason to get a design patent was so that someone else couldn't just just kind of rip off the design and make it with cheap materials and have it really not be a useful resource for kids. The design patent was granted in 2018. Shortly thereafter, it was recognized with a unique honor in the patent world. Just this past year in 2018, we were awarded a patent for humanity. Uh, from the U.S. Uh, Patent and Trademark Office. They, they choose several patents uh, each year that have a really big impact on humanity, and they award them this honor. And so we were so thrilled to be recipients of the 2018 Patent for Humanity Award. In 2013, the United States Patent and Trademark Office started Patents for Humanity, the awards showcase and support innovators who are creating affordable, scalable, and sustainable solutions to address global humanitarian challenges. Kenton is an appropriate recipient because he sees the potential for positive change everywhere he looks, and he encourages others to seek out their own opportunities to give back in small but meaningful ways. He calls this idea practical compassion. Practical compassion is a small thing that can make a big difference. You know, kind of just those regular everyday things that people go through and trying to help each other with those. Uh, so, so take kind of what we're doing as an example. We work with shoes, which are this everyday, very common product. Uh, and yet for some people around the world who don't have them, um, it's a big deal. You might not have the ability to create a solution at a macro level that can scale and solve the problems of millions of people, but that doesn't mean you shouldn't 
jump in and help somebody. I would encourage people who maybe think that they can't make a difference or can't have an impact on those around them to look with new eyes and listen with new ears through this lens of practical compassion. Where do you see people who are hurting or who need something? And then if you can identify something, maybe it really is in your own house with your family. Maybe it's a neighbor who you know uh, can't drive. How is this elderly neighbor supposed to get to the store, especially in the winter? You know, little things like that, noticing those things, and then just simply thinking, how could I help? As he continued to spread the message of practical compassion, Kenton and his team decided to create the nonprofit Because International to support their goal of providing safe and reliable shoes to as many kids as possible and to foster the work of other inventors who share their larger humanitarian mission. So it really started with the shoe that grows, but as my friends and I have been working on this the past few years, we really came to the realization that that our mission is, is bigger than just shoes. So our mission is to use small, innovative products to fight poverty. And so what really began for us as trying to get a growing pair of shoes to kids around the world has now turned into this bigger mission. All I wanted to do was just make a better pair of shoes for my friends at the orphanage. And now to see where we are 10 years later, uh, it's, it's really been a fun journey. And I love our mission. And I can't wait to see all of the different products that Because International can come alongside and help happen so that the world can be a a better place. Because International and The Shoe That Grows garnered a lot of positive buzz. And once they captured the public's attention, people didn't want to just hear about the shoes. But then a surprising thing happened. Uh, When we started to get our shoes out there, we actually had a lot of people start asking if they could buy the shoes for their own kids, like here, here in the States. And we never thought about that. We actually never thought anyone would ever want that. And so um, we we used to tell people, no, like that's not really what we do as a nonprofit. Um, We had so many people ask if they could buy our shoes that um, just this past year, we decided to make that available. So we started a separate company called Grow5, and uh, it is a benefit corporation uh, registered here in Idaho. And under Grow5, we can sell our shoes commercially. And so we're so excited. We launched with a Kickstarter last summer and we had a $10,000 goal and we got over $80,000 that came in through the Kickstarter. Um, They said, hey, there are so many kids here in Boise, here in our backyard, who have the same issue, that they're growing out of shoes and their families just don't quite have enough money to be able to buy them new shoes every time their feet grow. And it's an issue even here in, in America. And I, I never connected those dots for some reason. And so we were just so excited for our commercial shoes to be a great option for this kind of a family. And so for our commercial shoes, which are on sale for $50, people could buy a pair of shoes that can grow five sizes and can last for years. Over 225,000 pairs of the shoe that grows have been distributed to children all over the world. But Kenton is still impacted by the individual response to his product. The best reaction that that is just seared into my mind, the best reaction that I've ever had to our shoes was the very first time that I uh, actually went back to Kenya and I handed out the very first batch of our shoes. And I, I was looking forward to the smiles on the kids' faces and, you know, some of those 
kind of feel good moments. I, I was excited about that. But what really stuck out to me the most was when I was passing out some shoes um, to a, a small school that we were working with, one of the moms came up to me and she kind of asked, you know, what are these? And I, she wanted to, to me to kind of explain it. And so as I was holding up a pair and explaining how it worked and explaining how it could grow and adjust its size, and then as she took the shoe and was feeling it and talking about how sturdy and solid and, and durable it, it felt, uh, she just started to cry. And she started to talk about how important these shoes are for these kids. And that was really when it hit me of what we're trying to do. In many ways, it's not, I mean, it, it's fine for the kids to, you know, they're incredible and they're so thankful to receive a great pair of shoes and they're very excited about it. But for us, we are so excited that the parents are the ones who know the importance of these shoes, the importance of a small thing like a pair of shoes that can make such a big difference. And that's what gets me up in the morning. That's why we love making these shoes better. We want these shoes to be the best resource, the best shoes in the world for kids that are challenged by poverty because it's the parents, it's the moms and dads and the teachers and the adults who have told us how important these are. And so we're trying to make the best pair of shoes we can so that these kids can be in a better position to succeed. What changed for me when I had kids was not just shoes, it was kind of everything. And, and I literally remember, like when, I, when my son was born, I immediately wanted the world for him. I wanted what was best for him. I wanted him to be in a position to succeed and, and you know, live and, and love and experience, you know, his potential and just thrive. And, and so for me, I really saw what parents from throughout history have seen is this special love for your kids and how you just want them to be healthy and happy and, 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 and do well. And so that really helped connect the dots for me with what we're trying to do as a nonprofit, with our mission to use small innovative products to fight poverty, really what we're trying to do is put kids and families in a better position to succeed. And I would be so grateful, I, I am grateful for those people in my life who help put my kids in a spot to succeed. I love it when people care about my kids and so for me, we're just trying to do that for others. And my relationship with shoes has definitely changed uh, since I became a dad. Um, man, they really do grow fast. And they're grown out of shoes. Our, my, my kids are just big enough now to wear the smallest size of our shoes. And so I'm really excited. It's fun to see them get to wear um, they actually wear the commercial shoes, so they get to wear a pair of expandals, and uh, they just love it. Kenton's relationship to his own product has changed since becoming a dad. While his point of view has evolved, he continues to act with a community-minded sense of empathy and kindness, something he learned from his own father. Everybody knew that, that my dad was, was a good guy, and that's really kind of what I have strived to be ever since. He... Um, he passed away about five years ago from cancer, and every single day I think of him and I remember him, and he really is that like shining example of who I'm. I'm still um, trying to be. I I would hope that if he could see me now and see how I work, that he'd be really proud. My biggest advice is don't quit. 
If you've got something, maybe you've got your idea already, you've got what you're passionate about, success does not happen overnight. So you've got to keep going. Even if it's difficult, even if you're facing all kinds of challenges, I I really believe this, like the world needs your solution. The world needs your business. The world needs your idea to happen. And if you don't have your idea yet, but if you want to impact the world through an invention or an innovation or, you know, starting a business, um, keep your eyes open. You never know where inspiration is going to come from. And uh, good luck. Godspeed. Kudos from one entrepreneur to another. You can do it. You really can. Special thanks to our guest, Kenton Lee, and our episode sponsor, Worldwide IP Solutions. You can learn more about Kenton, Because International, and see the patents for The Shoe That Grows by clicking the links in the show notes. I'm Andrea Madho, and thanks for tuning in to this episode of Stroke of Genius. This podcast is produced by Atwill Media on behalf of Intellectual Property Owners Education Foundation. Please rate and review us on the Apple Podcasts app or wherever you listen to your podcasts.